Let us pray. Lord God, help us to know your ways. Teach us your paths. Lead us to your truth and teach us. For you are the God of our salvation. For you we wait all day long. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Old Testament reading comes from the book of Psalm. Listen, uh, Psalm 30. Listen for the word of the Lord. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cry out to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there if my death, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O God, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O my Lord, I will give thanks to you forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The scripture comes from 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Listen again for the word of the Lord. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master because by him the Lord had given him victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from a skin disease. Now the Aramans on one of their raids had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my Lord were with the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his skin disease. So Naaman went in and told his Lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, go then, and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. He went taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold and 10,000, and correction, 10 sets of garments. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, 
when this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman, that you may cure him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to give death or life, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his skin disease? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elijah's house. Elijah sent a messenger to him saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away, saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the skin disease. Are not Abana and far par the rivers of Damascus better than all the rivers of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in rage, but his servants approached him and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was wash and be clean. So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The sermon title this morning is Captured by Grace. Let us pray. O God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, amen. Naaman seems to have it all. He is beloved and a high-ranking, courageous man known as a great warrior in the Aramean or Syrian army. I imagine Naaman to be a tall, handsome man who can command any room he enters. Naaman's name means pleasantness or gracious. He has favor with the king of Syria, not only because of the victory in battles, but because he is also a person of high esteem and national prestige. Moreover, the Lord has shown Naaman favor in a war against the northern kingdom of Israel for its failure to be faithful to God. But Naaman faced a formidable battle that he could not win on his own, the ironic skin affliction of leprosy. 
Hearing Naaman and his wife discuss his severe medical condition, a young girl taken captive in a Syrian rave of Israel offers a divine second opinion, saying to her mistress, if only my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his skin disease. The Bible's leprosy is not necessarily known to us as Hansen's disease, but it could have been. Whether it was a temporary skin condition that was socially unacceptable or a disabling condition, Naaman goes to tremendous lengths to be cured. The king of Syria is willing to pay a king's ransom for Naaman to be restored by the king of Israel. He sent 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 two- or three-piece suits, not off the rack, but the finest clothes, along with a request letter. This compensation package was more like a contract with an advance than a request. The letter read, when this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman, that you may cure him of his skin disease. The Cold War between Syria and Israel was fresh, and the king of Israel thought he was being set up. So he experienced intense grief because of the reality that this gesture could create an international crisis. Who can cure leprosy? Hearing Israel's king's distress, Elijah, the prophet of God, said to the king, tell Naaman to come to me so that he would know that a prophet exists in Israel. But Naaman gets angry because his healing comes in an unexpected way. So often, we seek restoration on our own terms. But the Lord empowers a young female captive of war to reveal a prophet of the Lord, to demonstrate God's trustworthiness and power. The Lord can use anyone, even the invisible and lowly, to reveal the God who apprehends us by grace so that we might know God's healing and be renewed to a new life in Christ. The story of Naaman's healing reveals four lessons about God's grace. First, there are no obstacles so significant that should keep us from sharing God's grace. The captive servant girl could have kept her knowledge of God to herself, but there is something about grace that is overflowing. Even in the most daunting situations, knowing God's grace gives us hope that God is at work for our good. This young maiden does what all believers should do, share the grace of God. This young girl has five marks against her. She is a foreigner. Second, she is enslaved. While she serves Naaman's wife, she has no liberty of her own. 
Third, she is young in a culture that honors the wisdom of old age and experience, none of which she has. Fourth, she is a female. There were no women's rights, and women's aspirations gave way to the preference of men. And lastly, she had no name. As powerful as this healing story is, the text does not give her a name. The lowest of low, a captive young girl who was not significant in the social scheme of things, her invisibility contrasts Naaman, a great man in high favor and a mighty warrior. But she had one irreplaceable mark in her favor. God counts her as essential. In her duties of sweeping, dusting, and providing the demands of her mistress, she realizes that Syria has a health care crisis. Aside from the king, the most powerful man has an untreatable condition, a condition that makes him a social outcast. We often read or hear about the devastating effects of feeling like a social stray that can impact one's life. Depression, a sense of isolation, withdrawal, low self-esteem, and even worse. But this young girl had unquestioning trust in God's grace. She is more daring in her evangelism than daunted by her slavery. Even when it feels like life is binding us, we must still be willing to share our faith, proclaiming to others that we too know someone who can cure and make us whole again. We must recognize that in sharing our faith, we are equipped with the testimony of God's grace. 1 Peter 3 and 15 reminds us, always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Brothers and sisters, we serve a God who is able. Quiet faith would not have helped Naaman. Speaking about God's grace saved his life. Second, when we feel weak and vulnerable is when we can best appreciate that God's grace is powerful. Some, however, feel like other people's sins or need is so great that nothing can be done for them. The king of Israel was such a person. It was perhaps his lack of faith or not knowing the prophet of God that the author of the text does not name this king. At any rate, Naaman's condition is hopeless in his mind. To receive lavish gifts from the king of Syria appeared to say, heal my general or else. What if today a powerful nation and an enemy of the United States gave trillions of dollars and demanded a cure for a devastating and incurable disease affecting them? Leprosy 
was that type of disease that was despised and feared. But the king of Israel chose fear instead of faith. As the Reverend Dale Ralph Davis points out, there's a clear contrast between the believing maid and the frightened king. This weak and vulnerable enslaved girl shared God's grace, but the king felt like he needed to become like God. Am I God, he says? What a burden so many of us carry today of knowing there is a God, but failing to lean into and trusting God's grace. The king spoke of God's power, but failed to recognize there was a God in Israel whose cleansing grace could cure leprosy. So many things in this world seem unchangeable and without hope, and it can even hit close to home. Lack of faith in our closest family members, differences in viewpoints where the walls seem infinitely high, country that appears to be dodging the gospel message better than the COVID variant outmaneuvering the booster shots. We do not need to tear our clothes like the king of Israel. We do not need to fear nor fret. We need to proclaim God's grace in season and out of season. We need to pray we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus who knows our needs and can make us whole. We need to trust in the power of God's grace. For there is nothing impossible for God to heal. But often we want to challenge God's grace with our own power. Desperate Naaman was willing to go to a great extent to heal his leprosy, but like the king of Israel, he lacked faith. When Elijah, the prophet, heard of the king's distress, he told the king, let him come to me. Naaman expected two things that did not happen. Elijah to show hospitality and meet him, for Elijah to wave his hand, and for Elijah to wave his hand, a hocus pocus, if you will, over the damaged flesh, flesh and for him to be healed immediately. But when the prophet sent a messenger to tell him, go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean, Naaman threw a temper tantrum. In so many words, Naaman said, why would I have to take a bath in the dirty waters of the Jordan when I could dip in the powerful and clear waters of the Damascus rivers. On one level, Naaman had a reasonable protest. People from the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, Hampton, Newport News, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, that seven city area, often bypass from their perspective the murky brown waters of Buck Row and Virginia Beach to vacation further south in the more transparent waters of the Outer Banks, Myrtle Beach, or even Hilton Head. Naaman felt the same way about the Jordan River. But how many of you know that God saves us 
on God's terms, not ours. Many of us want to, many of us want to be saved in ways that make us comfortable, meet our personal and consumeristic needs, and are often void of the gospel message of Jesus that requires our obedience. It is not our way. It is God's way. For Naaman, had to, for Naaman to experience grace, he would have to go through the waters of the Jordan River. The water of the Jordan had something that the mighty Naaman did not yet comprehend. The cleansing power of God's grace. It would now not be the servant girl who would speak of God's grace, but Naaman's servants who accompanied him. They helped bestow grace upon their master, saying, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more would all he said to you was wash and be cleaned? You see, to be washed and be clean is to be captured by the good news. It is to be captured by God's grace when our natural spirit desires another way. Third, when God's grace claims us, we become new. The servant girl crossed boundaries to share the good news with her mistress of a prophet who could cure Naaman's leprosy. Naaman came to know a new humility and a new grace. His immersion into the Jordan River signified his rebirth. One can make the connection of Naaman having to dip seven times in the Jordan to be clean with baptism. Still, we should be reminded, as the Apostle Paul said in Romans 5, 1 and 2, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. God's grace captured Naaman, standing in the Jordan River on the day of his submersions. We, too, must be like Naaman and turn from our pride and disobedience and stand in God's grace. The Lord is instructing us like he told Joshua to tell the priests holding the Ark of the Covenant in Joshua 3 and 8, when you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And when we climb out of the cleansing water of God's perfect grace, we are regenerated and made new because we are forgiven and invited into the family of God. Lastly, brothers and sisters, God's grace is wide. It includes you and me with all of our problems and incurable conditions, and even Naaman, a Syrian and a pagan who was a sworn enemy of the Jews. Naaman conquered the Israelites, took their children, and one of their daughters worked in his house. Yet, God cured him. That was grace. 
The grace is so vast that Jesus preached in his hometown synagogue and said in Luke 4 and 27, there were also many with a skin disease in Israel in the time of the prophet Elijah, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Praise be to God. There is nothing we have done or gone through where God's grace through Christ cannot cure our sin, heal our situation, and bring us all salvation. Wide grace is invitational and not stingy. Wide grace shares the good news that we think others might not deserve. There is not enough money to buy your healing. For that astonished even Naaman. God's grace is free. God's grace is life-changing. Trust in God. You will be different when you come out of the water of God's grace. Set aside the false gods of this world that capture your attention and set your mind on the one who can heal you. Know that God is apprehending you and wants to capture you by his grace. Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Amen.